Are you okay over there? Yes. I'm doing well. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to another episode of Steph's Status Update. I am Stefan and I am joined by Julie Marty Pearson. How are you doing? I am doing well. It's Friday. It is Friday, yes. It's been a very nice Friday over here too. We've had lots and lots of sunshine. It's been sunny but slightly chilly but still nice when you're in the actual rays of sun. What's yeah. it like over there? Well, I'm in California, and we apparently we decided to go straight into summer. It was almost 90 degrees yesterday. Whoa, okay. So you got the good so weather. lots of sun. <laughs> it's not fair. Surely you can siphon some off and give some to us. Okay, so we are here this, uh, well, this evening for me, and I guess this afternoon for you? Yeah, it's um, noon. It's after 12. Okay. And we're here again to another episode. We're doing Movies That Made Me. Um, But before we get into any of that, I want to first get to know my guest. So, Julie, tell us about yourself, what you do, um, and don't leave out any of the bits that might not be exciting. We want to know everything. Oh, how much time do we have? Okay. Well, um, I'm actually a doctor, not of medicine, but of psychology. So um, you can call me Dr. Julie if you like, but you don't have to. Um, And currently I am a career coach. So I help others figure out how to leave the job they hate, find a job they love, change careers and all that fun stuff. Okay. And I am married with two cats and a tortoise and a tortoise named Rufus because yeah. I can't get a dog. So I had to name our tortoise a dog oh, name. Right, okay. Okay. So yes, I'm in sunny California, born and raised, still living. And I'm about less than two hours away from LA. So I get to go down there and do all the fun stuff. Um, but what I'm so excited about today is talking about movies. I am definitely a certified movie buff, TV uh. addict. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'm just all about, I love the history of movies. You know, I grew up with a dad who we watched all the old black and white movies and yep. the John Wayne movies and stuff like that. But then I was, you know, I love horror movies. Um, I love old time Hitchcock which we'll be talking about. Mm-hmm. And so all that stuff, I just love learning. Um, you know, I've always been a student. I'm a good student. So yep. I'm also a student of movies. And so that's what drew me to doing this. And what I like about it is it's fun and it's totally different than what I do in my job. So, okay. So I'm not going to ask you to talk about your first movie yet. Okay. I want to get a little bit more out of you as to what, what is your day to day like? Dr. Julie. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, day to day. So being a career life coach, I do it all online. So mm-hmm. I work from home, which is really nice because for 10 years I commuted to big fancy jobs in other yeah. cities. So I was never home and I missed home. And so I like working from home. And then fun fact, my side job or my side hustle, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. is I'm actually a pet sitter. Okay. So I go and stay in other people's houses and take care of their dogs when they get to go on vacation. Right. So I'm a huge animal lover. And, you know, when I was little, I always wanted to be a veterinarian until I realized the animals die and I didn't want to have to deal with that. (laughs) No. (laughs) I just want the living happy ones. (laughs) 
So I'm a huge animal advocate. I, you know, I, I follow tons of rescues and I promote adopting and not shopping from, you know, breeders and things like that. And yeah. now I get paid to go hang out with other people's dogs and, you know, cuddle on the couch and throw a ball for them. And it's pretty cool. So that's, it's something I started doing last year as people came out of the pandemic and they'd gotten animals, mm -hmm. but they needed someone to take care of them. So it's kind of like the void I'm filling for the dogs. Okay. I got a question. Yes. Do you do your coaching sometimes whilst you're... Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. And it's actually funny because when I meet new clients, they say, well, how can you do this? You know, what is your, is this the only job you have? And I said, no, I'm a doctor of psychology. I, you know, I do coaching with people, mm -hmm. but because it's Zoom, I can do it anywhere. I will say some clients' homes are more conducive to it than others, yeah. which is FYI, if their dog is a barker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which is like, okay. Hence my, hence my question. Right. Okay. And you know, and every, every house is different. Every dog is different. And some places have one, some places have three, you know, it's all kind of crazy. Yeah. I think what I'm learning is when I do things where I'm recording, like this situation with you, mm -hmm. I want to be home because I only have cats at home, thus no barking. <laughs> Right. They do sometimes try to join in and jump on the laptop to say hi, but they're definitely easier. But I have to say, I still am able to do my job pretty much wherever I'm at. So right. that it works. Excellent. So jumping into the meat of what we're about to do today, I'm going to ask you what your first movie is. But before you even tell me that, there's more I want to get out of you. So one last question. If you had the choice between sitting a bunch of dogs for about a hundred grand or sitting a bunch of cats for a hundred grand, which would you take? Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a very difficult decision because I am not one of those, you know, most people are a cat person or a dog person. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do not discriminate. I am an animal person. Okay. So being the person I am, a Virgo type A, I would mm -hmm. weigh the pros and cons of each of those situations. <laughs> all right. Like with a hundred cats, they probably all be using an inside litter box. Mm -hmm. Whereas the dogs can go outside. Mm -hmm. But then the dogs are typically more active. I don't know. That's a hard one. I'd probably say dogs. Really? Okay. But... I thought he was going to go cash. You know, it's hard because I have to say, I grew up with dogs. That's why I love them. But as an adult, I've only had cats so far just because yeah. I haven't lived where I can have a dog. Yeah. And I realized that literally I'm a cat in a person's body because <laughs> nap, naps are my life. And if I can have a nap every day for the rest of my life, I will live a full and happy life. So in that sense... You know, cats are my people, but, you know, there are a lot of dogs that are good nappers, too. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. But I, a hundred cats would be crazy. Let me tell you, I have two and they're a handful. So right. I, I apologize. I apologize. All right. Let's let, let's let's get to it then. So, okay. What is your first movie that you want to talk about? Okay. So my first movie really is an essence of who I am. Mm -hmm. I actually have my T-shirt on for it. All right, okay. It is Halloween 1978. I have my Michael Myers t-shirt on. 
dug it out of my Halloween box. So I don't know what it is. Some people would say it's a cheesy movie. Some people would say it's a horrible movie. Mm -hmm. But it literally started the genre of slasher horror movies. It was the first of its type. No one had ever seen anything like it before. And obviously, it started a string of its own movies. But then, you know, we got Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. And we got all the other ones. But Halloween was the first. And, you know, I love John Carpenter, period. But it's just, it's silly, good time, but it's a good scare. Like, there's there's nothing, it's not for gore's sake. Like, there's movies now that they just do it to show blood, I feel like. Mm -hmm. It's just basic, scary guy coming to get the the kids that are babysitters. And I was a babysitter, so maybe that was why I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I was born in 1977, so it's not like I, you know... Yeah, yeah. Knew it. It was just something that, you know, it's always on every year for Halloween. And ever since I was young, I would watch it and I loved it. And of course, I am, I stand for, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's everything. So um, I think that this movie really kind of started me. I love horror movies. Um, I also love that they brought, they have brought Halloween back in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, I like the original Halloween, too. I think it's a good, you know. Yeah, yeah. um, I also enjoyed when they did Halloween H2O 20 years later. Really? You liked it? I mean, well, if you compare, like, Halloween 3, 4, and 5, well, yeah, 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 it's a much better movie. Yeah, okay. So. Okay, fair enough. But I will say the Halloween they did in 2018 which was you know the big one i felt like that and the original those two together Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is perfect yeah because they really stayed true to the original there were you know scenes were mirrored different things Mm -hmm. and i think those two i could watch those two and never watch any of the rest of them yeah and i will not talk about halloween kills because that was just john carpenter was rolling over in you know in his (sighs) great ball when that got put out. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love that Kyle Richards was in it because I'm a huge Real Housewives fan. Yeah. But, you know, so for me, it's just, it's the basic and I love that kind of movie and it really just turned me into a horror fan. All right. So as I always do with all of the films that my guests choose and the ones that I do for myself, I have clips. And I have a clip for Halloween, actually, but it's not a, a full-bodied clip. And when I say that, I mean, it's not like an action scene. It's more of a conversation. But I know you know this movie like the back of your hand. So I guarantee yes. when I play this, you'll be able to give give us more information about what's going on in this scene. All right. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. I met this... Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. 
I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. So that that clip, that scene is them standing outside of the dilapidated house where Michael Myers killed his sister when he was five years old. Yeah. And that's his psychologist trying to convince the sheriff how evil and horrible he is. And I just think, you know, first of all, I love Donald Pleasance. He's, he was so good in that role. And the way he describes him with, you know, the eyes and, and there's nothing there. And I just think that part of it, it really kind of just, I don't know. I, don't, I just love that scene. <laughs> and I also think it's funny because, and this is like a recurrence in the Halloween movies, but other movies too, where the sheriff says, well, shouldn't we tell everyone this guy's here so people will know to lock their doors? Mm. And it's like, no, then they'll see him on every corner. And it's like, well, true, but then they'll at least lock their doors, which what does he do? <laughs> Walk into people's houses and kill them. Yeah. And that's that's that part of, of horror movies where you're always yelling at the scream, like, lock your door or run the <laughs> other way. So It sounds like a pretty stupid thing not to, like, why would you not lock your door? Why would you not tell people what is going on? Right. Yeah, and I would say, okay, in the 70s, maybe they did it. But then I'm like, we had serial killers in the 70s. Why wouldn't you lock your door? You know, a lot yeah. of times they say that. Well, in the <laughs> old days, I'm like, no, there's always been bad people. Lock your door. <laughs> Admittedly, I didn't watch I, wa I didn't watch this film early on. I watched it quite late. I think I watched it in my, I want to say my 20s or my 30s yeah okay yeah it took me it took me a while to get around to this and even then i think i watched it once and i didn't straight away enjoy it and then i watched it again okay. and then i was like actually this 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 isn't bad this isn't right but then they started they were making all the other ones as well and i yeah. wasn't a, i wasn't a fan of the other ones like you said until the they did a 2018 version and i was like yeah it was good it was good yep and i watched the yep. hate i watched the um is it Halloween? Um, the one where they're at the that the like um, college or dorm or whatever it is, and everyone goes yeah. away. Is that that's the one I'm talking about, isn't it? That that's H two O. Yeah, H two O. Yeah, where everyone goes away and then they're left, and there's about seven or eight of them left over, and I'm just like, nah. Yeah. Nah, it wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. my cup and, of tea. And her mom, Janet Lee, actually has a cameo in that one. Really? H2O. Oh. Okay. Yeah, she, she plays her assistant because. Jamie Lee Curtis's character is supposedly the principal of this prep school that she lives at and works at. And her mom, Janet Lee, was her, was her assistant. And so they had like two or three um, short um, scenes together. Right. And a little known fact also, I mean, I mean, again, Jamie Lee Curtis being her daughter, it's like, hello. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the, the TV show Scream Queens. I, I think my partner watched it, but I never got into it. Yeah, so she was, Jamie Lee Curtis was in that, and in one of the, I think of the later season, season two or three, she did a shower scene where they, like, shot by shot, reenacted her mom's shower scene from Psycho. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. Okay. So, yes, I know horror movies. <laughs> I, I think you know this one a little bit too well. 
<laughs> I think my husband would, think, would agree with you on that one. Gosh. All right, we're going to sidestep into something a little less Halloweenish, and I'm going to talk about um, a film that came out recently, not that long ago, called Underwater. And this movie, yes, yes this movie, it's, it's based around a team of, they're like, not divers so much as they're working in a facility in the depths of the ocean. Don't ask me what ocean. And it stars, is it, am I getting this right? Kirsten, oh, I always forget Stewart. her name. That's it. I want to say, I was going to say Kirsten Dunst. Um, Dunst. No. no, Kirsten Stewart. And it came out in 2020. And there's quite a few people in the cast who you'd recognise. Vincent Cassell, TJ Miller, um, Jessica Henwick, Mamadou Athi. There's quite a lot of people that have been in this film that I've seen in other things as well, which is probably why I watched it in the first place. But I liked the idea of um, this crew of oceanic researchers um, working in a, for a deep sea drilling company trying to get to safety after this mysterious earthquake devastates their research facility. But what happens is it's not just the earthquake. There's things living in the depths of the ocean <laughs> that start doing crazy stuff to them, basically. <laughs> and they are yes. super strong, like ridiculously strong. And I've got a scene that I found where one of the characters, well, all of the, I think most of the characters are together in this scene and it's after they have a bit of a, an issue underwater. They're trying to pull one of their teammates um, up and out from out of the water, but he's kind of stuck. And then it's just how that scene plays out. I won't spoil it so much as let everyone listen to it first before I actually talk about it, but it's pretty gruesome. It just tells you how strong and how visceral these creatures are, but the and I'm going to spoil it a little bit, the kicker at the end of the movie is that it's not even one thing. It's like loads of them who are kind of like, um, what do you call those things that eat? They kind of sit on other animals. Yes. They're like, they're kind oh. of, uh, what are they called? I, I'm, lo I'm, I'm, it escapes me. But in a way, these things that are super strong, who are kind of like in hum human-like form, they're just little tiny things babies babies in <laughs> to us they're like massive and just right. immense but um say i reckon if you were to maybe six to seven feet tall i guess and just strong as hell but they're all these little things that are on a massive huge thing that we only realize at the end of the movie but anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna play this scene and you'll get an idea of um the kind of stress that these people are going through. Oh, wait, there. Huh? Paul, Paul, you reading? Don't screw around, let's go. Hey, Paul, you copy? We're gonna pull you through. All right, pull. All right, let's do this. Here we go. Hey, it's not funny. Yeah, 
So the, the character that's having a stressful day, um, <laughs> he, he pops up. Uh, they take his helmet off and they're talking to him. And then out of nowhere, he gets dragged and begins to get dragged under. So they're trying to put the helmet back on because obviously he's going under on the water. And this thing drags him, like pulls him out of his suit. So all what's left is like blood gushing up into the helmet that's closed now. And it's just like, oh God. And you see his kind of leg break and the rest of him kind of getting dragged down, but it's really brief. But then you get the idea that he's pretty much been turned to mush because his helmet's just full of goo and blood and stuff. And, and it doesn't feel like blood for blood's sake, but it's just kind of... <laughs> like he was liquefied. Oh, horrible. By the, pre- horrible, the pressure horrible. of that. Oh, yeah. Horrible way to go. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I watched don't this... Sign in... me, don't sign me up for that. No, I watched it at the cinema. Um, I think yeah I think I watched it at the cinema um, thinking that it was I didn't realise I didn't realise it was like a horror-ish type I thought it was just about an underwater facility and they were just trying to get out because there'd been like this like I said the earthquake and it was just a disaster type thing underwater but I didn't realise it was a disaster thing underwater then with the additional factor that um, the whatever's the earthquake did it left a little fissure and these things came out of it and one of them happens to be like kraken size <laughs> just... yes that's a good way to describe it that was beyond bonkers um, and it's funny because this movie has always reminded me of cloverfield because yes. it was kind of the same thing where it has the huge kraken but you see the little things that jump off it or what are down on the ground trying to eat people Funny you should mention Cloverfield because we are going to talk about the Cloverfield paradox a little bit later. But yes, I agree. Um, when I remember when I watched Cloverfield as well, same similar situation where I didn't, I didn't try to find out what the film was about. I just watched it and I was like, "What in the world is going on here?" <laughs> and, but those little things that jump off of it and and kind of grab you or they. What did that? What happened again? They scratch you and then you blow up or something. Yes, and then like all your blood starts coming out of your body. Oh god, oh, it's just it's yeah. hot. Who comes up with these ideas? Who, well, who is it? J.J. Abrams for one thing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a given. But like all the rest of it, um, right? Stuff like Human Centipede and ridiculous off-key films like that. Or I talked about Bone Tomahawk um, last week with somebody. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, I haven't. Okay. You should be making a list here. There's a, okay. there's, a, <laughs> there's a little known film that might be well known for all I know, but I don't know. Not a lot of people talk about it, but it's called Bone Tom- Tomahawk and it stars um, Kurt Russell's in it. And oh, okay. it's, you think, well, basically it's a Western or of that genre, but it gets pretty gruesome at a point And you think, is, um, is this a Western or a horror movie? What is going on? But I don't want to spoil it too much because now you haven't seen it. But I would I would suggest you find it, watch it. Um, but okay. I'm just warning you, don't take it out on me. Don't send me text messages. Don't complain when you watch the whole thing and it kind of does a number on you because there are scenes in that movie that will stay with you forever. I guarantee you. 
Yeah. Okay. Sounds like one I need to watch on my own and my husband can't handle. <laughs> I don't think, no, I don't think, no, it, it's, it's one, like even to this day, I've seen it once and I know for sure I cannot watch it any, again anytime soon. I was saying to my guests and um, the other show, I'll probably watch it again in like 2025 or 2026 when I've hopefully forgotten, but I don't think I will. I don't think you can forget what you see in that movie, but we digressed. We digressed way, way out of uh, the realms of what we were talking about. So I'm going to shut up and I'm going to hand over to you and you can talk about your second movie or third in the list. Yes. So my second movie is The Birds uh-huh. by Alfred Hitchcock Yep. from 1963. So I think I said it in the opening. I am a Hitchcock fan. Growing up, I would watch the Alfred Hitchcock Presents mm-hmm. episodes. And I watched a lot of his films, but The Birds is my favorite Hitchcock. Um, Psycho is second. Well, maybe Rear Window. But I don't know what it is about The Birds. I think part of it is is because it's based up in the Bay Area or San Francisco area. And I love that area. I've lived there twice briefly. And it's just, you know, I love it. And there's something about the idea of a horror-type film but it's something so real, which yeah. is the birds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, why are it's like, why are they doing that? They don't do this. This <laughs> doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not just a guy with a knife killing people because he can or he wants to. It's this kind of it's almost like the beginning of the idea of when weather things happen, you know, mm-hmm. climate change and how that mm-hmm. affects. And they have all those kind of movies like volcano and earthquake and whatever else. But it's the birds and what can they do and why are they doing it? And, you know, just some of the, I love the scene when the kids are outside at the birthday party and, you know, the way he shot it, it's like shot, 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 showing it one kid on the ground with the bird. And, you know, Mm. it's just, yeah, I don't know why I love it, but (laughs) I love watching the birds attack people. Okay. (laughs) Maybe we should unpack that. Right. I was going to say. Maybe I should talk to my therapist about that. Possibly. But, you know, I also love it because of who's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking Tippi Hedren, which was one of Hitchcock's muses. And, you know, basically her whole career was that because after Hitchcock, she really didn't work anymore because, well, he tried to have an affair with her and she said no. Right. So that was Chestnut. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Jessica Tandy played... You know, I mean, Driving Miss Daisy, hello. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then another very interesting, which is kind of a connection, um, Veronica Cartwright, which is probably not someone people would know by name. She played the little girl and she was also in the original Alien movie. Yes, she was. Wasn't yes, because I'm I'm looking at the cast now myself and I recognize her as one of the characters in Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know that. So, but... I will say, you know, the birds, I just, I I think it's scenic and you're in this, you know, sleepy, pretty town on the ocean and you think Mm. people live there and have a nice, simple life and nothing goes wrong. Uh, Well, until the birds decide that they're hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't even think that it's they're eating them. They're just hacking them to death. Like, what is that? I don't I have no clue but I think people have tried to make movies similar where nature sort of just decides to kill kill people for whatever reason but it's not been done on I mean watching birds now 
the special effects obviously are not on par with what we see today but the right. style of the movie how it how yes. he went about shooting it mm-hmm. how he you know dealt with the suspense and the build-up um yes. those are all things that you can't really duplicate and if you do no. well done to you but it will be extremely hard right because there's even scenes where you like he like goes shot by shot by shot like following a character and it's just like kind of mesmerizing yeah and in that way i would never really call this a horror movie it's a suspense movie it's a thriller and then the one episode that i think would be one that maybe haunts people is when um tippy hedron's character melanie is in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and the birds are in there they've come through the windows upstairs and they start attacking her and as she's you know trying to get away from the door shuts and she can't get out and so she's in there for like i don't know 20 30 seconds with the birds just going and going and going until they pull her out of the room and it it was just like so intense and and i've read that the filming of that for her was really difficult because they just kept doing it over and over again to get the shots he wanted yeah and he, she was really literally in a room with birds. Yeah. I mean, they weren't all fake. So <laughs> I think a lot of that tenseness and suspense in that movie is real for her. Well, I've pulled up a scene. The thing with this movie, though, is the scenes that you can grab, there's not a ton of dialogue in them. And obviously the way the film's shot, it's not like there's just scenes sometimes where you just have birds sitting, flapping their wings, yes. <laughs> just being birds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so i tried to find the scene with a bit of dialogue but then we have like a bit of a, a chase going on as well and um, but there is a portion of this scene where it's kind of just goes quiet and nothing much is happening so okay yeah um if you know this movie well be free feel free to talk a little bit in there but okay i'm just gonna play it i'm just gonna play it okay I want you to go as quietly as possible. Do not make a sound until I tell you to run. Then run as quickly as you can. Now, does everybody understand? Yes, All right, John, you lead the way. So it's like a one-room schoolhouse. Yeah. And all, like a thousand black crows are sitting on all the playgrounds. And she said, be quiet. But yeah. then they'll just start screaming. <laughs> but it's scary though. Imagine that. That many birds sitting up there and you're you're yeah. told to go out. The first thing you do is going to look up and go, ah! <laughs> run away. Right, right. Well, and it's funny because right before that, Melanie Daniels' character comes to get the little girl to take her home, mm. but they're in the middle of singing. So she sits outside on a bench with the playground behind her, totally empty. And as she's sitting there smoking her cigarette, they keep shooting back to it, and then the birds are coming, and then more birds are coming. And then all of a sudden she turns around, and there's a thousand birds sitting on <laughs> all the things, and she's like, oh, <laughs> we got to get out of here right now but then there's no they're just running down a big street so what are the birds gonna do they're gonna chase them but it is like you said it's the suspense and there isn't a lot of audio 
of the people it's the it's the quietness and the mm. little bit of the birds and then the birds get louder i kind of think a movie that i wouldn't say stole or s- tried to steal elements of that but just the build-up and the suspense was done really well was came out was it 2018 it came out a quiet place oh yes 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 yeah i agree i think that's one of the few recently that was really done similar to hitchcock's kind of movie but Mm. in its own new newer kind of way where it's that i mean obviously they're not talking for like probably like 80 percent of the movie (laughs) but you totally get the the fear and the suspense just by their facial expressions and their the way they're moving and the surroundings you know it's a powerful movie to be able to make that happen without even saying anything yeah the way Quiet Place starts, it starts, I think it's 400 plus days into whatever's happened, happened. And no, no, that's, that's a lie. It starts 82 days, I apologise. About 82 days in, this, this is how well I know this movie. Um, and then after that, they they throw you to 450 odd days. But it's what happens after the 82nd day, which you, you're like, that sets you up for the movie. Because right. we're watching this and we're like, why are these people talking? Obviously, the film's called A Quiet Place, but like, why is it called A Quiet Place? And then you, f- you find out in that that beginning portion of the movie, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, shut up. <laughs> Shh, don't say nothing. Right. And it's like, yeah. little kid, don't put the batteries oh, in. No. Oh, no. <sighs> anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we saw it. When we was watching that, my girlfriend was like, Oh god, he's so dead. <laughs> but you know, it's also real because I don't have kids, but I have a nephew who's nine. Yeah. And yeah, you cannot keep him quiet. No. And you can't say to him, You're gonna die if you make a noise. Not at all. So but yeah, that that first part really does set you up to yeah. like, hey, why? Why? Oh, okay. Yeah. Nobody say anything. Don't move. <laughs> All right, moving on to our fourth movie, um, my second and last, but we got one from you coming up afterwards. So this movie, I I watched it purely because I'd watched um, Cloverfield and is it Nine Cloverfield Drive? I can't remember what it's called. Um, yes. I'm, I'm, I think I'm wrong though. Um, I'm going to quickly look it up, but Nine Cloverfield Lane? Anyway. I saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. I know what I got a nine from. 10. 10 Cloverfield Lane. People people listen to this guy like, it's 10, it's 10, you idiot, it's 10. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. I figured it out after I Googled it. Anyway, um, so yeah, I watched, so I watched Cloverfield, the first one with the big monster and the things dropping off of it and people blowing up and it was all shot in someone's video camera and you're like, wow that was entertaining and then you watch 10 cloverfield lane and you're not sure like you're thinking is this a cloverfield movie though <laughs> no, it's like, right. is it really cloverfield? The whole time, yeah it's like why where what's up like yeah it's such a different perspective. yeah and then and then you have um the cloverfield paradox which sort of allow like let, alludes to I'll spoil it. The reason why you had Cloverfield in the first place, um, to, at the end, you, you know, because they open right, the, the dimension and yeah. But 
I wasn't sure if this was a, a horror movie or if it was a comedy or like it was a bit like because there were bits in it that made you laugh. Right. <laughs> it, they were macabre. Yeah. But they made you laugh. And I think mm-hmm. because they got the I can't remember the name of the actor, but um, he's a comedian and I'm looking it up as I'm speaking. So his name is Chris O'Dowd. So I find yeah. Chris O'Dowd funny. You know, him just talking is funny. It's yeah. just how he is. He's a funny guy. But him in this made me think that this might be a bit of a comp, but it was, it's obviously not because you've got, you've got some really serious actors in there like Daniel Brawl and David Oli I can never pronounce his surname, Oyelowo, and Shang Zi, I can never pronounce surnames properly. And Elizabeth Debeki, Debiki. See, I'm I'm yes. terrible, but yeah, you got all these all these well known actors who usually don't usually do comedy, and then you've got Chris O'Dowd thrown in there, <laughs> right? But he ma- he made it really he made it entertaining for me. Well, you know, I'm thinking back to Underwater, and there was that one guy, TJ, I can't think of his last name, that was kind of the comedy relief in that. Yes, too. yeah, yeah, because he's that guy, isn't he? He was in Transformers, and he died horribly in that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it is like i guess it's serious we're in space but someone's got to make a joke yeah yeah and he did he brought i've got a scene that i found it's my favorite scene of the movie and it's chris o'dowd being chris o'dowd and it's the part where he somehow gets his arm sucked into the wall and it's just hilarious and he's hilarious all the way through this scene but what they've done is this I've grabbed I've grabbed the scene, but they've cut the scene up a little bit. So it jumps from him and the arm and then to them now dealing with the arm. Yeah, I'm gonna play it. I don't wanna spoil it too much now. All right, here we go. Where's my arm? Oh, where's my bloody arm? What is this? That's my fucking arm. Yeah, so... <laughs> So if you haven't seen the Cloverfield Paradox, like people, people listen to the po- listen podcast and they're, they're thinking Cloverfield Paradox, what's that? In this scene, he's doing some work or whatever and he's near a wall and he puts his arm on it and his arm goes into the wall and then whatever's, you don't, you don't actually know if there's something in the wall, but the wall kind of grabs his arm and they pull him away from the wall. But as they pull him away, he's got, he's got no arm, but it's not, it's like, it's not painful at all. He doesn't actually feel like his arm's been ripped off. His arm's just off. And then in a like in a few scenes later, his arm comes back. It's just dragging itself along the floor. Yes. <laughs> and then that's where he goes, that's my fucking arm. <laughs> but um, he's trying to... That's the power. That's the funny thing about it. Because when he pulled his arm back, it's not like it's been hacked no. off. It's just like... No, it's just not like, there. There's no, he just has a stump. And then all of a sudden his arm is there, but it's moving on its own. It's like, what's happening? 
but his arm's trying to write the message as well. He's trying to tell yes. them. He's trying to tell them something. <laughs> I forgot about that because <laughs> it's it's moving around erratically, and they're like, what's it doing? And then they they go. Someone goes, hang on, and they put a pen or a pencil into the pe- yeah, and it just writes a message, and you're like, wow. But he's there, armless, not knowing what his arm is doing. It must be freaky, right? Yeah. It's just, yeah. And it just, it kind of freaked me out in a good way. Because I was just thinking, what would I be doing in that situation if my arm came off and then it started sending messages to everybody and just right. crawling around like, um, is it, what's that thing called? Is it thing in Adam's family? Or is it it? Yes. I, yeah, what, it's something like that. It's just a hand running around, yes. being a hand. Yeah. Obviously, they had a hand model type slash a hand actor to do that, <laughs> as you do, as you do. Oh man, yeah, uh, that it was. I think it that movie needed some comic relief because it was kind of heavy in the yeah. science and the space yeah. stuff. But it's also one of those when you first start watching it, you're like, "What is this?" Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I also think because it's a Netflix movie, not as many people have seen it. It no. wasn't like a. No, no, no. It wasn't like the first, the other two Cloverfield movies that were big, like yeah. movie theater movies. Yeah. But like you said, it fills in the gaps. Yes, it it, it does. And like I said, spo- spoil the ending. We learn because because in Cloverfield, the first movie, there's no explanation as to how and why this massive thing just suddenly just appeared. Is it New York? Yes. Just what? What? <laughs> What's going on? Like, there's no explanation. But that's I like that because the Quiet Place did the same thing. There's no explanation as to how these things got there, why they're there, and you know. But they they don't even do it in the second movie, Quiet Place Two. They don't even explain. It's just yeah, we just we're still we're still being quiet. So right. <laughs> that should have been the title. We're still, a Quiet Place Two. We're, we're still, still being quiet. <laughs> it's true though. It's so true. Okay. Well, and, and movies like that it's like they make the decision or not is it about what's yeah. happening now or is it about what happened to get here yeah but I, I like not knowing and I hope and I pray sometimes that even though I don't know now you're going to tell me about it later maybe in another inter- iteration or movie down the line somewhere right. what's going on uh, I could talk about Quiet Place all day long it was fun to watch and it was it was stressful to watch too Yes, very, and very stressful. With now that there's a second one, you could probably do a whole episode on those two. Probably yes, yes, probably could. I would have to find the right, a person that likes it as much as I do <laughs> to talk about it because there's so much to unpack. There's so much yes. to unpack in that movie, but no one's really saying much, which which right. which tells you that's a really good movie. If you've got a lot to talk about from something that is hardly any dialogue. John Krasinski did a really good job on that, and Emily Blunt, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands down, give him a round of applause, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Tap him who out. Who knew? Yes. And who knew he could do it? That. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because he he came from um he was in the, uh well he was in the American version of The Office. That's it. Yes, he was. Yeah, and then he ended up in that film. The thirteen something that one where there were the soldiers in Bengal. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah, and they were just he fighting was, off he, everybody. He was good in that, and then he also did uh, one of the oh geez, what are those called? The movies Harrison Ford did in the eighties. They did a TV India- show with no Jim- Indiana Jones. No, no, no. No, no. Oh, what's that called? That's gonna drive me crazy. Uh, <laughs> I need to know. I now. hate that. 
I'm do I'm looking it up right now. Okay, Harrison Ford. What were you in? Okay. I don't know why I'm thinking Star Wars. No, it was oh gosh. John I looked Harrison Ford up because I don't know how to spell Krasinski. I've, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got it. Um, I'm just not sure because I don't know what movie or what kind of th- you're referring to. Jack Ryan. Okay, so Jack Ryan. Yeah. Yes. So that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. Tom Clancy books that Harrison yeah. Ford did several movies in back in the 80s and 90s. I watched those as well. That was actually quite good. That Jack Ryan. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's a good show. Um, but that's kind of what he did after The Office was more like action stuff. Yeah. So I think when A Quiet, a Quiet Place came out, you're like, first of all, he's in this kind of movie, but he also created and wrote it and directed it. Yeah. So Yeah. But he's done really, I mean, he's done really well since. Um, yes. And he probably is probably going to go on to do other things that are really good. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I did... The most memorable performances from him for me were obviously The Office, 13 Hours it's called, A Quiet Place and yeah, Jack Ryan. Um, He's done more stuff obviously, but yeah, I was, I do enjoy him in those movies. All right. I've I've talked too much about my stuff. Um, You carry on, carry on. But as soon as you finish, go and see your next movie. I was just saying our Quiet Place tangent, which is, you know. Yeah, it kind of got. It's like the birds. It's the same thing. That's yeah. suspense and not a lot of talking. No, agreed. I think um, if there was a top ten of suspense movies, I know I might get shot down by super fans, but I would put the birds and somewhere in there a quiet place. Yeah, I'm not sure what number, but it would be in there for sure. I agree. Okay, so what we we got last movie. My number three, mm-hmm. and I have to say it's hard because I do have a top ten list. Yes, I have a written top ten list. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of similar, but then also very different. So Sleepy Hollow, yes. nineteen ninety nine. Um, Tim Burton. I mean, mm-hmm. and and I'll be totally honest. I'm not always a fan of Tim Burton movies, like Alice in Wonderland. Tim Burton gave me a migraine. That. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Literally. But first of all, I'm a Sleepy Hollow fan. As a little kid, I loved the Irving Berlin Sleepy Hollow that it was a Disney animated. It was like 20 minutes long. Yeah. And I, who was it? I wrote this down. Bing Crosby narrated it. Okay, okay. And so total old school. Like, I think it was in the 40s, maybe. Anyway. So I always loved that as a kid. And so when Tim Burton created this Sleepy Hollow, it wasn't mm. just like retelling the story. He, he was like creating Sleepy Hollow, like the time period. And it's all dark and gray and black and yes. it's not black and white, but there's really not much color in the oh, whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that kind of like, like almost like foggy overcast kind of like the movie was that. And of course, Johnny Depp was Ichabod Crane. And, you know, like many of his characters, I don't know anyone else that could have played that the way he did. Mm-hmm. That that made it quirky and kind of weird, but also like, you know, oh, he's so, you know, where like she falls in love with him. He's so handsome and he's so smart, but he's also <laughs> weird. And like, what is he doing with those crazy glasses and all his weird, um, you know, when he starts hacking up the bodies to yeah, find things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just love it. I think 
it's something that is one of those that I watch every year in the fall when it's, you know, for Halloween movie time. Although I was watching it a few weeks ago, preparing for our podcast, and my oh. husband walks in and says, why are you watching this in March? <laughs> and I'm like, it's research. He's like, well, why do you need to watch it again? You've seen it a million times. I'm like, well, be quiet. <laughs> and, and also, you know, I just love yeah. Miranda Richardson as the evil stepmother in this. She's just so good at it. Lady Van Tassel. Yes, I love her. Well, and also I think I love because it's a period and you get the, the you know, fancy dresses and, yeah, yeah. you know, it, in the horse-drawn carriages. And it's just, uh, I, I, there really isn't anything I don't like about it. And of course, Christina Ricci was amazing yeah, as yeah. Katrina Van Tassel. And it's also one of those random Casper Van Diem is in it. Yes. And like... Starship Troopers Casper Van Diem, by the way. Exactly. And it's like, whoa, he's in this? And he did a good job, and it totally made sense that he was Brom. Mm. And yeah, because no, no offense, Casper Van Diem, but after, you know, you really haven't done a lot of top-tier movies. No. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I, I, I hoped that he would after... You know, Starship, but it didn't really didn't really materialize, did it? After that, no, it didn't. It's a shame. I think it kind of got typecast as you know those kind of B movie comedy things. Yeah. But anyway, um, and some facts about this: Sleepy Hollow won two Oscar awards, okay, and multiple BAFTAs as well for set direction and costumes. So it's not surprising. I'm though. sure. Right. I don't know if anyone needed to know that, but that's, and but that's why I like it because when you're watching it, you're in it, you're in that time period, you're in that place. And again, the suspense that he builds, it's not a horror movie. I mean, yes, people get their heads chopped off, but <laughs> it's not for the sake of like we've said blood and gore. It's yeah. just, you know, they chop it off and that's what he does. He takes the heads back to hell. So anyway, I love, I love this movie. What clip do you have for this one? So for this one, I have the clip where he's kind of doing a field autopsy almost in the forest with a bunch of the characters who you've mentioned. Um, no, actually, no, it's mostly the male characters like Michael Gambon's in this scene as well. Is he yes. ba Baron Van Tassel? I think, I think so. Yeah, no, Balt Baltus Van Tassel, sorry, not Baron. Um, yeah. He's there and maybe I think the magistrate might be there, Richard Griffiths. And yeah. All those guys, those like five old guys that yeah. are like in charge of the town. They're all in this scene, but um, all right, I'll, I'll play it. The stride is gigantic. The attacker rode Masbeth down, turned his horse, came back, came back to clean the head. shows there was a powerful singular thrust to the neck. Oh. 
breaks out his stew hickey glasses magnifying <laughs> yes <laughs> and then a big old roach crawls out of yeah. the top of the cutoff head and he's like ew like i'm like dude you're cutting off parts of someone and you're afraid of the roach yeah that's kind of when they realize this guy is different yeah because he gets out his glasses and all of his weird instruments and they're all sitting there and it's like dude we know his head got cut off why are you checking to see mm. why his head got cut off but yeah all the guys are there the you know the reverend and the magistrate and the doctor and all those guys that in inevitably all get killed off spoiler alert yeah i mean it's not really yeah so it's kind of that first scene of all the people are together and he's kind of recounting what happened to him in the woods mm. in, yeah <laughs> don't, but um, don't go in the woods alone <laughs> but, i just like the way that he he goes about trying to solve it in that scene because he's kind of he's kind of dancing around doing the whole like you know it's the long gate or whatever it was with the horse and then he does the turn around and he turns around and he you know and he yes. goes back for the you know and it's, it's just like oh. but i i enjoyed christopher walken in this too even though he wasn't oh, really yeah. you know he had a very kind of menacing part to play but, um, right. Yeah, he was good in that. He was good in it. Well, and in a way, he wasn't even in it a lot. Yeah. He was kind of in the very beginning and then the end. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. his his head was cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Which but means he's still when, in it. <laughs> right. But when they show the like the flashback of him as the Hessian and he gets killed, mm. like, and then when he comes back at the very end and he's got those teeth that are all sharp like yeah, daggers yeah. like who else could have been that guy i don't know i can't you uh, no one i guess apart from him right but he just brings <laughs> that just that like pure evil like you never want to see that guy in real life yeah it's kind of i like when um when an actor plays a part and like you know robert downey jr did it with iron man and I want to say, because people will disagree with me, but Heath Ledger did it with the Joker in The Dark Knight. Like, those characters belong to those actors. No one, no other actor is going to play that part like that like that um, actor did. And I think Christopher Walken definitely did that with his character in Sleepy Hollow. And Johnny Depp did it with his character, you know, Ichabod Crane as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and it's the same way Johnny Depp did with um captain jack sparrow in the pirate movies yeah yeah like yeah you could have somebody else play that part but it's not the captain jack sparrow that he played and that's the thing when when characters embody it it's like yeah and i, I agree with you about the Heath ledger joker it's like mm. how many different people have played batman well no one else could have played that version of the joker no no way not at just all just like no one else could have played the original version that Jack Nicholson did. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, and you can't compare them because it's it's not about that. They stand alone as those characters they created. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, I love both of those movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> the the original Batman is in my top ten list. Okay, all right. Some another guest was schooling me on why I should be saying that Jack Nicholson is a better joker than um, Heath Ledger. And I guess in some ways, just to, you know, end the argument, I might have sort of made it sound like I agreed. And if that person ever listens to this podcast, I made it sound like I agreed. I didn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Heath Ledger was the best. Well, you just can't. I don't care if it's the same ca- character. That's like comparing a watermelon and a grape. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we we need both of them, right? Yes. In the evolution of Batman. For sure. But I did find that after Heath Ledger, I went to the cartoons because I liked Mark Hamill's depiction of the Joker. His voice, anyway, is um, is epic as the Joker in those cartoons. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a really, really, really good job. He sounds sort of, I think he might have styled it on Jack Nicholson when Jack Nicholson was really being the Joker, like, you know, really getting to the nitty gritty of the Joker, making like those wild noises that he made in the movie. But yeah, I think Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, took that essence of it and created a whole voice that sounded like Jack Nicholson's high pitched Joker, but all the time. Um, oh, yeah, wow. and really menacing and really dark. Yeah, you'd you'd have to you'd have to grab one of the you have to just look it up. Grab one of the cartoons by Mark Hamill's voice is in it, and just listen, and you'll get what I mean. But um, I will check that we've out. Gone, we've gone way over time. <laughs> We're supposed uh, to be yeah, just a little, just a little bit, but it's cool. I've had fun. Yes, um, me too. But before before I leave, I just want to say a massive, massive, massive thank you, and. It, full disclosure it took us several weeks to get this podcast <laughs> together and done whether it was someone one of us had covid and then the other one yeah. had to just like you know drop off at the last minute because of an emergency and just everything yes. that could happen happened for us not to be able to record this so i'm just happy that we actually got it done yes me too i've been looking forward to it and then it just so yeah even though my mic didn't work it's still we got it done oh yes and we're trying to get the mic to work before this podcast started and it just wouldn't work um julie has the exact same mic as me but it just wasn't happening with her pc um so we need to make julie a mac instead yes yeah so hire me as a coach so i can go buy buy a mac (laughs) (laughs) the best mac yes (laughs) all right yes it's been i've had fun i'm hopefully you've enjoyed yourself too yes i have thank you excellent it's been lovely having you you take care have a fantastic weekend and even better week coming up you as well thank you so much for having me